Good evening. Everybody doing all right? If you see Brandon Greaves, he's right here with the tie on. Let me just put him on spotlight. He's uh, going to preaching school in Memphis. Hug his neck. Uh, one of my good buddies. I love him so much. We we text and his kids and his wife are here. So uh, make sure you holler at him and say, hey, and you love him. I'm so glad we could be back tonight. Uh, be back to worship together and praise the one and only true and living God. Amen? Uh, who's faithful in all He says and in all that He does. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. And I'm so glad that we serve a faithful God who don't lie to us. Amen? A God who shows us from His Word that if we put our trust in Him, He will make our path straight. You know, I'm encouraged by Isaiah 42, 16. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know, and I will lead them in paths they have not known, and I will make darkness light before them, and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. As Christians, we are a special people. Special. Royalty. Priests. We understand that God loves us so much and He has given us His Word and His Son. So, we may live according to how He wants us to live and we can be saved and know how to tell people that truth. And Lord willing, if we live faithful unto death, we will be able to have that home of heaven one day. But when troubles come, what happens? We struggle with that sometimes. Think about it, whether it's death, whether it's work-related, whether it's uh, family issues. We do one of three things. We either push away from God, we draw closer to God, or we forget about God. No matter what, we all are going to face the struggle of suffering and tough situations. And sometimes, let's face it, it's hard to fight through them. Amen? If somebody going through something tough right now, it's hard. So I hope tonight from this lesson we can gain some encouragement and understand from God's Word... Because that's the only way that we really can get encouragement. Amen? I mean, I can hug your neck and I can love on you as much as I want to. 
And yeah, that, that probably encourages you. But when I hear from God's Word how I can be encouraged, that's so much better. That tells me that God does love me. And God does care about me. You know, as I was preparing for this lesson, I want to talk about suffering. And my title would be, Why Me, Lord? Why Me? But I was looking at some quotes, and C.S. Lewis was asked one time, uh, Why do the righteous suffer? And he said, They're the only ones who can take it. Helen Keller said, Although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of the overcoming of it. I love that one. Tim Hansel uh, writes, Most of the Psalms were born in difficulty. Most of the epistles were written in prison. Most of the greatest thoughts of the greatest thinkers of all time had to pass through the fire. Sometimes it seems that when God is about to make preeminent use of a man, He puts him through the fire. As I said earlier, we are going to face some type of suffering or trial in our life. And we are going to feel like God doesn't care about us. We may feel like that sometimes. Or maybe even that God has forgotten about us. But I want us to be encouraged to know that we can endure suffering. And we can fight through suffering. But... Thinking about suffering, you know, suffering doesn't come in just one way. Think about it. Uh, suffering comes uh, by way of sin. Amen? You ever done something that you weren't supposed to do and then you had to tell your mama or your daddy? <laughs> and then you got a punishment? That's a suffering. Or you cheat on your husband or your wife... And the, the events that come out of that, that's a suffering that goes on through that. But that's caused by sin. Or you're a thief and you get caught. And you have to be punished for that action. <clears throat> and we see in Genesis uh, chapter 6, turn there real quick, I'm not going to be there long, but Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 7, we see an example of this. And there's many examples in the Bible. But this is the story of Noah. And God says, in, uh, well, the Bible says in, in verse 5 of chapter 6, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. You see, sometimes we suffer for the sins we commit. 
But we also suffer for the testing of our faith. Uh, Genesis 22 is a story about Abraham. And, and we know the story. Abraham, he, uh, uh, God, <clears throat> let me just read it. Help you out. Or help me out. Abraham in Genesis 22. Look at what it says about him. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am, 22 verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Can you imagine the struggle? Here he is, he's waited all this time. He's old man. And here comes Isaac, and now God tells him, you need to go kill him. Offer him up as a sacrifice. <clears throat> I know he was suffering and thinking about, why? God, what? He had to have been. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says this, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we see that suffering may come as a test of your faith. Suffering may also come as a discipline. I know about this. Hebrews 12, 5-7, it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as, my, as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens, and scourges every son whom He receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So sometimes you're uh, disciplined for the things that you've done, and that's how God works. Because the next thing is, sometimes we suffer, and it's a mystery. We don't know why. You know, we're not on God's level. As smart as I am, as, as uh, I think Bethany McClellan said it, maybe, <clears throat> in class. You know, <clears throat> people that don't believe in God a lot of the times are, the, are really smart and they try to overthink it. And if they can't figure out who God is and how He works, then there must not be no God. Well, that's not how it works. We can't be God, and, and I'm glad that I'm not God because I couldn't handle <laughs> a little bit of what He handles. But you remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about Habakkuk and he questioned, 
God on why the wicked are prevailing. And I'm struggling. I can't figure this out. I don't know why the people, the Jewish people are having this, this turmoil and these, uh, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians are coming around me and they're, they're, they're attacking us. They're, they're hurting the people of God. Why? I'm struggling with this. And you remember God says in Habakkuk 1.5, He says, Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told you. Even if I sat here and explained it in detail and detail how it goes down, you're not going to understand it. It's too much for you. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your, are you, your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes it is a mystery, and we don't fully grasp why we are suffering. But every time we suffer, no matter why or how, it's a chance for us as Christians to really use our faith and show people how God's children actually act and handle really tough situations. And I'm not taking away that situations are tough and they're terrible sometimes and they're really sad sometimes. I'm not taking that away. But uh, Danny's class is talking specifically about working through tough times and tough situations. Why not be prepared for the tough situations? Why not be ready for the tough situations? And the way you do that is by getting in God's Word and understanding how to attack those situations. So let's look at a few minutes how we can attack suffering. First, Christians are matured through suffering. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Christians are matured through suffering. You know, when tough things happen to me, and I'm not saying I'm good at it. I want to be, though. I want to be able to handle it and push through it. And for people to say, man, what a great example. That encourages me to want to be able to fight through my situation. I know people here right now that are struggling with things and they're persevering through it. That is an encouragement to me. Listen to what 1 Peter 5.10 says. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You see, while you're suffering, you are truly growing in some direction away from God, forgetting about God, or closer to God. And hopefully as Christians, we are growing closer to God. 
And Peter says, after you have suffered a while, God will, listen to what he says, perfect you. Help you grow into a more mature Christian. He'll establish you. Helps you to understand that you are His child and you can trust what He says. This is good stuff. He strengthens you. Through the suffering, you lean on Him and His Word and other brothers and sisters, which will help you gain the strength to get through the situation. Hey, brothers and sisters, we've got a job to do. Know know, know all of us. Know what's going on in our lives. Find out the things that are uh, going wrong in people's life and be there to comfort them and help them and hug their neck. It'll settle you. You can come through the trial or the suffering because you know you are truly being obedient to Him through the situation. And that you are praying and doing what His Word says and that will make, give you that measure of peace. Let me give you an example of that. Philippians chapter 4. Flip there real quick. Let's use the Bible. Let's, let's, let's just not say that, uh, you know, use the Bible and His Word and it'll give you a true understanding. No, let's do it. Let, let's look at God's Word. And let it do what it says. Trust what he says. We know this verse is a very well known verse, but listen to what he says Philippians 4 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me give you another example of me. I was struggling with something. I was very anxious about something. I was worrying about it. It was bothering me. Uh, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't consuming me, but I was always thinking about it and I was just struggling with it. I text Danny. I said, Danny, duh, 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 gave him all the info. Guess what verse he gave me? Philippians 4, 4 through 8. That's awesome. So I read it and said, you're right. You're right. Hey, God, I got something for you. And boom, here we go. I'm telling him. And when I got anxious again, boom, I told him again. I practiced what God wants me to do. Now, did I immediately have the satisfaction? No, but I was able to give it to God and I was able to say, you know what? You're in control. And through this time and through this struggling situation, I'm going to look to you and I'm going to hold fast to you. Because James 4.8 says what? Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. When I draw near to God and I want to be close to God, He'll draw near to me. I want God to be close to me, especially when I'm struggling, especially when I'm suffering through something that... I, I don't understand why. 
Secondly, Christians learn to focus on the prize through suffering. What's the prize? We know eternal life. It's a repetitive thing that we talk about. But it's the truth. We need to be focused on eternal life. We need to be thinking about, you know what? Through this time, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Somehow I always seem to work 2 Corinthians into my lessons, but I just love that chapter so much. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Through our struggles, through our sufferings, through the situations that we have in our life, we can think about heaven and we can think about being with God and think about what Jesus did for us and how awesome that is that one day we'll uh, not have any tears or any sorrow. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I get to go to heaven, and I get to be with God, and I get to worship Him and be with Him forever. Even though I'm going through this time, and I don't understand why, and it's not fair... But Christians, brothers and sisters, we have got to train ourselves for this. We've got to equip ourselves for this. We've got to be in the routine of making sure that what we do is thinking about God and thinking about His His glory and being with Him. I struggle with this too. I'm not up here saying, you know what, I've got this all figured out and this is exactly what I do and that's why I don't suffer anymore. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'll be real quick to get down in the dumps and forget about God and be like, man, you know what? I don't even know if I need to preach. Just totally, (laughs) what? I don't want to be like that. You think about Job. You know, we've got the 2020 vision on Job and we understand the whole story. But Job didn't. Job didn't even do anything. And look at all the things that start happening to him. His friends tell him, you know why you're having all these troubles is because you've sinned. You need to go repent. God's punishing you, dude. And Job, you know, he basically says, I need to talk to God about this. So guess what? God shows up in a whirlwind. And he goes on to say, where were you when, and boom, here he goes for a long story about uh, where were you when I put the world in its position? And where were you when I created all these things? Where were you when I did all these? I don't remember where you were at in this, Job. In Job chapter 42, uh, verse 2, he says, I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You can do it all, God. I know that now. I understand that now. And in that, in that area of Scripture, he says, I repent 
for thinking that. You see, Job understood that God is in control of everything and that through Him we live and have our being. Amen? 2 Timothy 2, 11-13 says, This is a faithful saying. For if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. So as we are going through this suffering, we can fix our eyes on the prize, and that is eternal life. And third, Christians are identified with Christ through our sufferings. You know, what I love about Jesus is He's the author of how to live for God. He's the example we can look to to understand how to handle suffering. Amen? You know, we preach about everything, but if you don't preach about Jesus, then what are you preaching about? Because really, Jesus can show us how to do anything. Hebrews 2.10, turn there with me real quick. Hebrews 2.10. Hebrews 2.10. It says, For it was fitting for him... For whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus made the way for us to be able to seek the prize, which is eternal life, and He did it how? Through sufferings. Flip over to Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Brothers and sisters, we learn our obedience and we walk with Jesus, and we identify with being like Jesus when we are obedient through our suffering and look to Him through our suffering. Jesus did it. Now, I know, we're, I know that we're not going to be as perfect as Jesus, but He is the example of that. I mean, here He is. He's a human in flesh, but He's God. And he's fixing to go to the cross. Remember? And blood was trickling off of his head. He was worried about it. He was suffering. Because all he had to do was say, you know what? Cut it. (laughs) I don't want to do it no more. But he didn't. He suffered through that. You know, I think about myself, and I'm just going to tell a story on me. I was in fifth grade, and we ran around it. We had a big old outside uh, play area, big, probably, I don't know, two acres. And 
We started running the race, and I got way ahead of everybody, and so I slowed down. And then this boy came and just right by me. And I didn't want to run faster to get him because who cares? It didn't matter. It wasn't worth me getting that prize. It wasn't worth me getting tired and and getting out of breath to catch him. It wasn't worth it to me. But it was worth it for Jesus to suffer the hardest suffering that anybody could suffer, really, to take on all our sins and die for us because He loved us. And it was through suffering. I want to close with this. And I'm just going to tell you from the outset, I hope I can get through it. But it encourages me. One of my buddies at preaching school has a friend that, that he knows. And many of you may know about it. It's a very tragic story. The guy, he is an associate minister, and he has a blog that's called Start to Finish. Some of you may know about it. His name is Michael Whitworth. And he wrote a blog, and it was called, and I hope I can pronounce it right, Be Exalted, O Christ, a Requiem. Requiem, maybe. Which is a token or an act of remembrance for someone lost or deceased. This man lost his three-year-old son. Came into the room and he was dead for no reason. Now that's some real suffering. So he writes this blog like the next day. And he said that... Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. He, he thought that he was, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's, it's kind of lengthy, but I'm just going to give you some points in it. He thought he was going to be able to teach his son certain things. And he named off a few of what he thought he was going to be able to teach his son as he grew older and, and the things that a daddy would teach. But he said that really... God wanted His Son to teach Him a few things. (laughs) 
The first thing that he said was his son taught him joy. And he gives examples of you know how his son brought him joy and the way he showed it in the things he loved like M&M's, uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. The second thing he said he taught him was love. He says his son taught him that Christ-glorifying love is needed to be expressed verbally or else it's cheap and non-existent. Verbally, or it's cheap and non-existent. He says love for someone is most critical on bad days. When he has done something wrong or spilled something or I do something to hurt his feelings and I'm stressed out and I see him and how he acts and the things that he does and he tells me. I love you, Daddy. He says he taught him courage. And I'm telling this story for a reason, not to just make us cry, or maybe nobody else is crying. I'm crying, it tears me up. But I'm telling this story because this is terrible. This is a terrible thing that has happened to somebody. And he says that the boy Daniel is his name, taught him courage, said he was fearless and was always uh, doing things that would scare his mom, climbing up on the tables. You know how kids are. And he said this, the meaning, Daniel taught me the meaning of biblical courage, that there is nothing we cannot overcome through him who loved us. Since before the foundations of the world, we are after all more than conquerors as God's children. Amen. This man has lost his son. I can't imagine that. Some of you know about that. Loss and hurt. But at the end of the article, this is what he said. As confident as we are that we have ten fingers and ten toes, we also believe that God works all things for our good and His glory. We rejoice and give thanks and bless the name of the Lord, even in our pain, for we know that in our tragedy... In our suffering, Christ will be glorified to the ends of the earth. You know, uh, he wrote a 
comment just Thursday. And it said this. There is always a public and private face to grief. Despite my public confidence and faith, you want to talk about somebody being real, here's somebody being real. Yeah, I can uh, publicly say it. And here he was publicly saying it in this blog. Yeah, he's in shock, it's early, and he's, but he's focused on God. But look what he says. He says, despite my public confidence and faith, I feel compelled to admit that I have had moments I haven't been God's number one fan. I haven't been God's number one fan at times this week. Brethren, be encouraged by this. And that's okay. God is faithful to us, especially... On those days, he says, But I've had four good days in a row, and I know that such is due to God's goodness and the faithful intercession of our many, many friends. I know that God won't stop being faithful to Sarah and me. I just need the rest of you to not stop praying for us. With God's goodness and your prayers, we're going to make it through this one day at a time. I don't have the answer for how I can make you happy through suffering. And it's terrible. But here's a man who's lost his son and is putting God first. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you and I hope that uh, you will take from this lesson that God is faithful in all that He says and all that He does. And as we go through these struggles of life and these uh, sufferings, that we can look to Him for guidance. And we can look through to His people for guidance and help. If you're here tonight and you are suffering and you need the prayers of the saints, come. If you need to talk to the elders, come. There's not a better time to do it than right now. If you're here tonight and you are struggling because you need to obey the gospel, let me tell you this, Jesus Christ is coming back.
And He's coming back for His kids. And if you know for sure in your heart, with nothing doubting that if Jesus Christ came back right now, that you'd be saved, keep pushing for the King. Keep pushing for the Lord. But if you are here tonight and you are not for sure, why are you waiting? Jesus died. He was buried and He rose again through all that, did all this suffering for you and for me. And if you believe that and you say, you know what, I want to turn from the way that I'm living because let me tell you something. If you are outside of Christ, your life is not pleasing to God and you are an enemy. An enemy. No matter how good of a person you are. But if you want to repent and turn from your old life and, and, and confess in front of men that you believe Jesus is the Son of God and you get in this water and you're baptized, your sins are forgiven. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you are a new creation, white as snow. And Jesus said in Revelations 2.10, if you are faithful unto death, then you will receive the crown of life. If you need to make a decision or you need to be right with God, come right now, it's together we stand and sing.